0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Well, welcome to Abundant Life this morning. What a great day. How many first time visitors do we have? Can you just wave at me? I'm curious where you are. I know Sean recognized you. Glad to have you with us. God bless you. All those that are sitting around, those who raise their hand, be sure and make them feel like they belong. Uh, We have a dear sister on the front. I came by and she's going, hallelujah. And I said, that's not really convincing to me. And she just kind of looked at me. She says, this is my first time here. I said, I don't care. It wasn't convincing. you got to be a little stronger with that hallelujah. And she thought, who is this nut? And I said, how you doing? I'm Bishop Rick Thomas. I'm the senior pastor. So I'm glad to have you today on the front row there with this girl. And all the other visitors are so happy to have you with us. It's exciting for us to have visitors come and see what God is doing in our house. And, and our whole goal is not that you see us, but you see the God that is flowing out of us. Because to be honest with you, you can forget who we are. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that you remember who Jesus is. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to stay with all of my notes today. Uh, based upon what we just experienced, uh, and uh, it, is the choir sticking around? Or are they going to? they going to actually stick around? They usually do, but sometimes I don't know. You know, sometimes you have to be careful with some of these people. I'm not I'm not say anything. Sometimes Gary McLeod sneaks off to McDonald's or something. So, to watch him like a hawk. Yeah, I'm just joking. Nah, I'm just joking. He's our youth pastor, and I just thought i would pick on him a little bit. Um. <clears throat> Because I'm going to bring them back up, and we're going to go out of today. Today It's a very unique time, and and Minister Sean mentioned some things earlier, and, 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 uh, and you hear this, I've not heard this song until today. He sent it to me, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it. But to me, you know, we understand that Jesus is, he's out of the tribe of Judah, you know, through the lineage of David and all the way through, he's out of the tribe of Judah, Why is it chosen a lion? Because the lion is considered what we call the king of the jungle, is kingly. And and the reality is we know that Jesus was a king and a priest. We know that he was a prophet. We know this, that he's come to live inside of us. And we as believers, I think we have so diluted the identity of Christ in us that we forget who we are. Because it's not I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. It's not about who I am, it's about who Christ is in me and how he's operating through me. The unique thing about that is Christ operating in you is not going to change your personality, he's going to change the way you think and the way you do things, but he wants to use you because he said you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He said he chose you before the foundations of the world were laid, and when you came into this world, you came with a purpose in mind. So evidently, your personality for what God has called you to do is the right fit. So look at a person next to you and say, you're the right fit. So many times we, we look at so many areas and we try to act like someone else. We think that this is who I want to be. We, we watch our, our, our uh, media and, and we see all of these, these different pictures of people. And we go, this is who I'm supposed to be. And, and it really isn't. Here's the funny part is if, even if you do your makeover to look like them, if you change the way you talk to talk like them and you walk to walk like them, you still are not them. So you can never achieve what they were created to achieve because that was not your assignment. But the one assignment we all have is to be a witness into all the world. Amen. And during that song as they were singing and I was thinking about over in the book of Matthew where we see in the triumphal entry, <coughs> which is which we talk about Palm Sunday where all of this thing began. I've preached on this so many years that is it's like, do I go back to this? But then as I'm sitting here, I'm going, "Well, wait a minute. We, 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 we need to understand something. We're not here today so we can feel good. I don't mean that ugly. But, but, but you know, sometimes people come to church because they want to feel good. I'm not here to feel good. I'm here to know who Jesus is. I'm here to learn about what, what my, if you will, my uh, priorities are. I'm here to, to be encouraged and, if nothing else, to be inspired to fulfill purpose and destiny. Amen? And that's, that's what church is all about. It says that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that when you leave here, you are outside being a witness God has called you to be. And we know that this past Wednesday evening that the, the, the verses were given about, uh, about the fact that uh, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt's lost its f- uh, savor, wherein shall it be salted? It is this for good for nothing but to be cast out and trotting underfoot. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. cannot I be hidden? Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But a candlestick, it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see. Oh, I'm going to mess some of you up here. See, do you understand when we take the message of grace and we water it down and we teach people that you have no obligation because of grace, you're saved, so therefore it's all yours anyway. It's all grace. You can't earn anything but by grace. That is a lie. First of all, if you can't have grace to you receive Jesus, Jesus has made unto us grace. So you have to have an action that creates a reaction. As many as received Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, as many as who believe on his name. So I have to believe in Jesus. I have to make a decision as to who Christ is. I have to act upon that decision in my, in my system, in my mind, in my spirit, in my belief system. There's, everybody looks at me and say, that's something you do. Now once you do your part, oh, here we go. Then God does his part because he gave his son Jesus who's made unto us grace. Glory to God. Why is Jesus made in us grace? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He comes into my life so I can be exactly what God created me to be and do exactly what God called me to do because it's not in my power, but it's in his power. That's what grace is all about. Amen. And so when when we move into... Into that dimension, and we, that we are to be the, the light of the world so that, man, look what he says. And I covered that just for a quick teaching, unless somebody's got some mind mixed up about this grace message. Grace has nothing to do with unmerited favor. Come on, look at a person around you, don't okay, care back and front and side. Say, grace has nothing to do with unmerited favor. We've been taught that our whole life long grace is empowerment and grace is earned first we receive grace because we receive jesus then he says when we walk humbly before god more grace will be given to us so if it's unmerited i can't earn more grace by being humble but if i can walk humbly before god what is humility before god obedience true obedience is the humility before god We've taught in the church that humility is to be beaten down, is to lay down, is to accept things and and not be so so outspoken. Don't be so braggadocious. Don't don't let people be looking at you. You and 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 we use that little spiritual example because we want them to see Jesus. But hear what he says. He says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. Glory to God. I said, they might see your good works. See your good works. I said, see your good works. You're successful in business, let people know about it. What? Yeah. Well, I don't want to brag about it. Sure you do. You want to boast on the things of the Lord all the day long. By the way, that's Bible. That's in the book of Psalms. I will boast on the things of the Lord all the day long. So I am going to not put my head down and walk around like I'm I'm so humble. Oh, no, my humility is I'm willing to hold my head up and let people see what God's doing. That's true humility. Watch this now. When they see your good works, it says they glorify God. You notice it didn't say when you're a loser they glorify God. Oh, stay with me, guys. We've taught, all, we've taught this thing so backwards that the lower you are, the more holier you are. No, the stupider you are. <laughs> See, you can't claim ignorance because the word of God refuses to let you claim ignorance because he gave you his word. So now you just got to claim stupidity. What is stupidity? Is that I know the truth and choose not to go that way. Right. Yeah. Bad move. Yeah, yeah. I said bad move. So as we look at this, that we are to go out into all the world, and how are we supposed to go? We are supposed to go with the spirit of the Lion of Judah. I say go with the spirit of the Lion of Judah. It's amazing to me how we take Jesus and we make him this sissy man. Let me tell you something. Fishermen do not follow sissies. These disciples didn't follow some effeminate Jesus around. They followed the man. First of all, he was raised in a carpenter's home. So he understood hard work. See, a lot of you don't understand that either. Jesus worked, by the way, growing up. And Jesus grew up as a man. He was a man among men. And for anybody to endure what he endured and not respond, it takes a lot of man not to call the angels from heaven to destroy these people that are hurting you. A lot of man willing to take the pain and the the degradation and the destruction and then hang on the cross and say, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. All I got to do is walk out here and slap one of you and let's see how you respond in the name of the Lord. Better yet, let's get in the parking lot. Let somebody stop and and, and say a few words that you don't like. Let's see how you respond in the name of the Lord. Forgive them, Father. They do not what they do is they they run into my car and called me a name. See, you're putting it on such a level. Yeah, because the level that Jesus was so far beyond what we go through in our natural lives. He was a man. He could take it. A real man, the Lion of Judah. He understood, what he counted the cost and was willing to accept that. And as a man, he took and made his commitment to that. The Bible said, blessed is the man who sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. And the problem with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we make a lot of swear words and swear towards things, but we change all the time. Our cop-out is this, well, God changed his mind. Look at somebody and say, God doesn't change his mind. So the next time somebody tells you that God told them to do something and they don't do it, and six months later, they're saying, God's telling me to do that, look at them and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Book of Revelation says, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. <laughs> all liars have their place in fire. We don't realize the church is filled with people like that. When we're talking about the line of Judah, don't come in here and get all excited about the music and the song if you're not willing to accept who he is. glory. And if I accept who he is, that means then who I am now reflects him. See, your good works. Now watch this now. Jesus is coming in in the triumphal entry in the book of, some of you thought I'd forgotten that, in the book of Matthew, chapter 21. And it says that that when he began to draw into the city, and I won't go through all to get the cult and and all that. I want not get through that. But when he came into the city, the multitudes went before and those who followed cried unto him hosanna the son of david blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord they cried hosanna to the son of david when we go back and study the historical historical reference here in the pattern what they saying when they were saying hosanna they were not only declaring who he was, but because they recognized who he was, they were saying to him, help us. We're taught in the church, not even ask God to help us. Well, God will bless those he wants to bless and heal those he wants to heal. And God just does whatever he wants, quesara, ra, whatever it will be. God doesn't like that one, but he loves that one. That one's not going to get along too good, but this he loves this one. This one, he's going to teach a lesson by giving him cancer. This one, he's going to make them lose their job because he wants to teach them humility. This is what we teach this nonsense in the church. And these people are going, wait a minute, we know who you are. If we know who you are, you have the ability to help us. Yeah. Jesus has the power. To help you, he's the power that caused the valley to rise and the mountain to fall. He has the ability to defeat the enemy in every aspect of lifetime, but you've got to learn who he is to you. And they were crying out to him, Help us. The word, Hosea. Help us. You are, you are from the tribe of Judah. You are the Messiah they talked about. Help us. You're the only one that can help us. Now what was their problem? They had a real political problem on their hands. They live in a society controlled by the Roman government. They live in a society that's controlled by the religious group. The people were hurting. The people were sick. The people were starving. The people were in bondage. The people were under the hand of the government. And they said, "Here's somebody that can turn that whole thing around." Oh Lord, help me! Does it sound like today? Sounds like the 21st century. Sounds like 19. I mean, 222, 2022. Does it sound like today? You know, somebody. Has, and we need to cry out to God. Somebody needs to help us in our governmental mess up. I'm not, I, I'm not against or for, so don't get me political here. I'm saying if you can't look at the world today and realize our country's in trouble, then you, you go to another word over there I used earlier. I won't go back to it. Because <laughs> you ignore the truth. Because you want something so bad you're willing to ignore the truth and live with the consequences and try and justify it. I don't choose to live with the consequences to justify it. I choose to call on the Lion of Judah. Help me. I need help in the time of my need. I need help in my mind, in my spirit, in my body, in my economics, in my family. I need help in my country. Help us, Lord. Yeah. Don't just pull up palm poms and run around and dance. Begin to cry out to him. who said he would answer and show you great and mighty things. The only problem is you've got to know who he is. That's a unique story in itself. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Jesus says to the disciples, who do men say that I am? Who do men say the Son of Man is? Some say John the Baptist, (laughs) some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. The mindset, they're trying to compare Jesus to other people of the past. I wonder why there's not another Billy Graham in the world today. Just curious. I wonder why we don't have 22 T.D. Jakes today. There's only one. You can't compare someone who's called of God, who's doing what God called him to do. You can't compare them to somebody of the past because you're having a hard time accepting who they are. Sean, in his testimony, he tells that a man came up to him when he was a young boy, serving the Lord. And the man said, if you ever grow up to be half of what your father or grandfather are, and you can call yourself successful. In other words, I'm comparing everything you do to your father and to your grandfather. Look at the person next to you and say, don't you dare compare me to anyone. Well, it sounds just, no it doesn't. They might use some of the same words, the same rhetoric, but that's not the same person. (laughs) I said, that's not the same person. When you know someone, I mean really know them, then you're never moved by what the critics say or what the doubters say or what other people say because I know them. I was on a plane coming back from Seoul, Korea. We've been elected to the board, church growth board of Dr. youngy Cho. Largest church in the world at that time, over a million members in that one local church. We met with 43 men and women from around the world who sat on that board. I'd been elected to a, as a regent of Old Roberts University the year before. And I'm on the plane, we're flying back. And I had one of the men that had been over in the thing come running up to my wife and I, and we we're on the plane sitting in our seats. And he comes up, he says, I need to talk to you. And I said, OK, go ahead. I mean, we've got 17 hours, got a lot of time to talk. <clears throat> He said, you know, he said, I see that, that you were elected to the board of Dr. Cho. I said, yes. I'm, I'm very privileged. I'm very, you know, it's a, I'm honored. I'm humbled and honored that they would allow me to be a part of this incredible gathering of men and women from around the world that's on this board. I mean, St. Grant, the largest church in the world, got to preach the, in the Olympic Stadium of 250,000 people. And uh, people say to me, don't you, I don't, crowds don't mean nothing to me. I, I already spoke to 250,000. At one time, what is that? I'd go preach in his church, he'd have 45,000 sitting there. If you're moved by crowds, you shouldn't be in ministry. Because I speak as hard to three as I do to 45,000. So but this guy comes up to me and he says, You know, he says, Dr. Cho's really likes you and he's put you on the board and blah, 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 and all this stuff. I said, Well, I'm not humbled. I'm very humbled by that. He says, That means you need to, you need to get off that board of Dr. Or Roberts. I said, Really? Now, why is that? He said, well, you know, Dr. Roberts just isn't the man that he used to be. You know, he, he's, not, he's not as, he's not as uh, powerful as he used to be. And, and, and Dr. Roberts says, you know, he's built that university now. and he, he, You know, he had his ministry. He's laying hands on the sick. He laid hands over a million people in, in that ministry. But now he's gone. And, they, and he started kind of belittling Dr. Roberts. And I looked at him. And I said, we've got a problem. He said, what do you mean? I said, well... I'm going to give you a choice. You can make one or two choices. He said, what could that be? I said, number one, you can get up and go back to your seat in the back of the plane where evidently you belong. Or you can stay here and I'm going to get up and I'm going to kick your back in. Excuse me, I didn't use that word. I'm in church. I didn't use that word. I used a different word. And he looked at me and I said, what do you want to do? He said, I'm going back to, and somebody says, why would you be so adamant? Because I know Dr. Roberts. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody comes up to me about Sister Jenny and says, you know, Sister Jenny with the music, and, and she told me, no, she didn't. Yeah, I tell you what she, no, she didn't. You're lying. You, you, you've taken what she said and you've twisted it because I know her. Yeah. Right. See, we've got to learn something about the church. The church is either the church or we're not. We have a tendency that we allow people to come in. We have people come in and challenge our belief system and one another and what God has called us to do. See, if I don't believe, it means that I've never received. But if I doubt, if I'm caused to doubt, it means that I receive. But somebody calls me now to question what I believed. I refuse to let you challenge my belief in my relationship with my friends. And I'm not going to let you challenge my relationship with Jesus. He is the Lion of Judah. Who do men say that I am? Don't compare him to someone else. Whew. Well, you know, we're all, we're, all, we're all loving God. No, they're not all loving God. First off, Buddhists don't believe in God. There is no God in Buddhism. don't get me caught up with all the muslims okay because they don't believe that jesus is the christ the son of the living god Eh, no points (laughs) i'm not going to argue all this other stuff it's real basic to me Either you believe in jesus or you don't i don't have time to get caught up with this other stuff i don't argue this with people he said well who do you say that i am when he turned to peter he said it, it came very personal. Now, he said, I don't care what other men are saying who I am. He says, here's the question. Who do you say that I am? He yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> said, I don't care what Sister Mickey thinks about Jesus. It's what I think about Jesus that matters. I mean, I hope she sees the same Jesus I do, loves the same Jesus I do. But I can't spend my life in, in trying to figure out whether she does or not. That's between her and God. Leave me alone. We like to really talk to people about other people all the time. Leave them alone. That's between them and Jesus. God did not die. He didn't leave you in charge. You weren't on a cross. You weren't resurrected from the grave as He was. The only resurrection you had is by the Spirit. And your body's not going to be resurrected till that time comes. So just stop it. <laughs> Who do you personally? say that I am. Wow. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the anointed one of God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon, my Joan of flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I will say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Who do men say that you are? Who do you say that I am? Who is Jesus? They were covering some things. They recognized Jesus. What what did the rich ruler say to Jesus? He called him a rabbi. That's why he couldn't pick up the cross and follow him. Because he didn't see him for who he was. He just saw him as a teacher. Some saw him just as a healer. He was a guy that had miracles, but he didn't recognize who Christ was. Jesus, listen, he came to heal all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil, but he came to, so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He came for something higher than your body being mended, so your soul could be saved, so that you can have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, so, so that you have eternity with God, so that God would inscribe your name in his hands. They looked at his miracles and said, wow, he's a miracle worker. Did you know that in the second half of the tribulation that the Satan is going to be having the Antichrist perform all kind of miracles? I don't know to tell you this. Do not decide who Jesus is based on miracles. Did you hear what he said? They saw, Jesus said, you see me as a rabbi. You see me as a teacher. You see me as a healer. You see me as a miracle worker. You see me provide uh, for food for people who couldn't, didn't have food to eat. But he says, but, now, but after you've seen all of that, do not allow that to define who I am. My Father in heaven defines who I am, and by the Holy Spirit he tells you I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. When you have the revelation from my Father of who I am, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. I might not know anything, but I know who Jesus is. Hallelujah. I said I might not understand it from Genesis to Revelation, but I know who Jesus is. Hallelujah. I might not understand whether whether he's going to come back. I'm going to be raptured, or I'm going to go through half of the tribulation, or I'm going to go through the whole tribulation. I don't know how many pre, post, mid. I just know who Jesus is. And because I know who Jesus is, however the end pans out, I'm going to be okay. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm going to be living with him and dwelling with him for all eternity because I know who he is. Who is Jesus to you? That's the question. And if you do not see him as the Lion of Judah, you can never be an influence in the world in which you live. And God has called us to be an influence. He's called us to preach the gospel. He's called us to go into all the world and proclaim who Christ is, to be the witness, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. God has put his hand upon our lives. In the Old Testament, I want to require everybody to come. I'm not going to be long this morning. We've got a message to go out of here today. I'm here to try and challenge you and inspire you for next week. What a great week to witness. Everybody's open to Christ. It's Easter week. (laughs) Even non-believers will let you talk about Jesus because it's Easter. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? Well, I'm not going to an Easter egg hunt. I go to Easter egg hunts to witness. Give me a break. We know there's no rabbits and no b- eggs. <laughs> but if that's what it takes to get the world out, somebody looks at me like, somebody s- sends me stuff all the time about, well, oh, you know, and, and they give you all this, this liturgy from the scriptures about, how, how, about Easter and all this stuff. Stop it. First off, we know that Easter, this the time that we celebrate the, the resurrection of Christ, was not the season that he was crucified. Come on, turn to somebody and say, it wasn't the historical season. But is the season that the world has chosen to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. So what's more important? That I don't do it because they're doing it at the wrong time of year? You know what? You can celebrate my birthday any day of the year you want. (laughs) Celebrate me. Bring me my gift. Buy me my dinner. Let me have my cake. Any day you want it. I was born August 24th, but I'll take 25th. I'll take January 2nd. I'll take February. Whichever day you want to celebrate me in, I'll let you do that. See, we've gotten so caught up with this stuff in the, that the world is allowed. And we brought into the church to create this unity because we've forgotten who Jesus is. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Go to all the world and preach the gospel. Telling them that God sent not his Son to condemn you, but God sent his Son that you might be saved. We have so condemned the world. When they look at the church, they go, I can have nothing to do with the church because of the way they treat me. The way they talk about me. Then when I come in the door, they make me feel like I'm not worthy. I don't wanna hear this unworthy stuff anymore. I'm so unworthy. If you're in the world, you are. But if I'm in Jesus, I'm totally worthy. Right. We did stupid songs growing up that God would save such a worm as I. Who in their right mind that knew who God was would call themselves a worm? You're in the image and likeness of God. And we're so stupid, we get all holy with it and get all religious with it. You know why? Because when you sing, you can create all kinds of atmospheres. If you sing purity before God based on the word of God, God inhabits the praises of his people. In the presence of the Lord, the joy forevermore is there. Joy everlasting is always there. But when you're not singing that brings the truth to God, there is a spirit that comes in that will trick you to thinking that you're worshiping God. When you're not, there's nowhere in the Bible that God looks at you as low. He always looks at you above. How can you be a worm when you receive Christ and you're seated with him in heavenly places? How can you be unworthy when you've been washed by the blood of Christ? But let me take it to another step how can you call yourself unworthy and you've heard me teach this before but the value of an item is placed upon it by its maker or creator you played a guitar correct what kind do you play what name is be bass guitar do you know the name of the company what Okay, did they charge you a price for that and you paid it why okay she did (laughs) smart man he's got a woman that paid it for him smart man but you paid for it why oh because you love him you paid for it because you loved him and no matter what it cost was you were willing to pay the price So what you said is that I placed a value on him. And watch this now. It's really it's real important we get a hold of this, okay? Come here, brother. Go, go, go stand over there. Just, just go stand over by that speaker. You don't mind? Look at the people. They won't bite you. They're good people. Come here, sister. Come here, baby. Come here. You hate this, don't you? I know. Right in front of everybody. Go up here and stand next to him. Huh? Come here, buddy. You, I'm talking to you. Is anybody else next to you? Get over here. Lord, how mercy. <sighs> Fascinating, isn't it? Why don't two of y'all come stand next to him here? I know he picked on you last week early, but two of you come up here, you and your wife. I don't oh, know how hey, you ever got hurt, but you did. Go ahead and stand up there next time. <laughs> fascinating, isn't it? That says fascinating to me. Trevor, you and your wife, come stand next to him. <clears throat> my, 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 my. Sister, come stand next. Oh, you come stand to her. I can see eyes all in your eyes. You want to do it. I can see it's all in you. Make me, Lord, it's me, it's me. No, she didn't. I'm joking. I'm just I'm having some fun. I'm just having some fun. Go stand there. There you go. Oh, wow. Fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> Let me see here don't know whether you qualify I'm not sure maybe, maybe not I know, I don't know okay, I'll let y'all, you're good you're good because she made you good <laughs> that beard, I just, don't know, we gotta work on that a little bit just walk everywhere when you pray and you're looking for a mentor now here's the funny part not one person here has more value than the other person and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the world system thinks it doesn't matter what the religious system thinks it doesn't matter what People say about you, family or friends or whatever. It doesn't matter whether they like your beard or not. I'm joking about your beard, by the way. <laughs> but, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter as you walk in minister. because that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a young man trying to find your way. See, so here's the deal. Each one of you are a separate personality. But each and one, every one of you, that I see you standing here because I know you, you all have Jesus living inside of you. And the reason Jesus is living inside of you, that when you were in sin, he still loved you. When you were separated from him, he sent not his son to condemn you. Why? Because he had a value on you. He put a value on you. And you're worth the price of my son going to the cross shedding his blood, suffering in the pains and the hurts of the world system. You all are worthy. Don't ever, ever let anybody say to you, you have no value. You have so much value that God said, I will pay the ultimate price for you. And it says, in Peter, you were purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. When you look at the original text, it says you were purchased with such a value that we cannot identify how much it was. We can't say a million or a billion or a trillion or a quadrillion. We can't say that. Because the price that he was willing to pay for you, the value he put on you, was beyond anything that man could ever put a value on. And so he sent not his son to condemn you because there is something about you that God says, I really, really love. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even in my sin, God says, I refuse to send my son and condemn you. You have too much value to me that I'm making a way Where there is no way that all mankind can come unto me through my son Jesus. All you have to do is recognize who he is. You can sing. This lion of Judah that we sing about in the the picture we, we had put up today, it's not about The God in you that's laying down. The God in you that's shrinking back. The God in you that's too embarrassed to tell somebody about Jesus. The God in you that that you don't know what they're going to think about me if I tell them to come to church. Oh no, you got the Lion of Judah. You know the difference between a lion and an elephant? The elephant loves to eat. But the lion loves to eat the elephant. the elephant eats everything around him but the lion eats what makes him strong the lion of Judah did not come to condemn you he came to infuse you with an appetite that the enemy would be defeated that souls would be saved that lives would be transformed I said the lion of Judah has come not so you can sit in a seat but so you can go in the highways and byways and compel them to come in. We have an appetite. We are ready to eat. We are ready to take back what the enemy has stolen. We are ready to set the banqueting table. The Lion of Judah has come for victory in the church. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life for more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, abundantlife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at abundantlife underscore tv and Facebook at come to life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you.